0: I greet you in Lord's holy name. We have come to the uh, last uh, study from the book of Mark. Though it is 16 chapters, we could go a little fast in studying this uh, four days for, for time. <coughs> I really uh, thank God for this privilege of studying God's word along with you. I am quite excited to study the book of Mark in this uh, And I really thank you for your constant encouragement and the way in which uh, some of you who are with me and even those who follow the YouTube and uh, the way in which you respond, I'm excited. Some of you could write very clearly how these Bible studies are useful in taking right decisions for your life thank God. Even today as we are going to co- close this uh, book of Mark, I request her dear Janusha and the other day she could not pray but she's ready now. Uh, Janusha is from Niagara Coil. She'll be leading us in prayer.
1: Uncle, can you hear me uncle? Uncle, Uncle, can you he hear me? Hello? No, okay. Oh, okay. Yes, okay, thank you. Uh,
0: uh, yes, Janusha. we can hear you.
1: Okay, Uncle. Uh, let's pray. Sovereign Lord, Lord, we praise you and adore you. Thank you very much for adding one more day in our lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello,
1: Uncle. Can ah, you hear me, Uncle?
0: Yes, uh, sir. Sorry ah. for the
1: distraction. It's okay, Uncle. We'll pray.
0: Yes,
1: okay. Uh, let's pray. Sovereign Lord, Lord, we praise you and adore you. Thank you very much for adding one more day in our lives. Thank you for this beautiful fellowship that we share with you, Lord. Thank you very much for your word. Thank you for Billy Uncle and the efforts he has taken to explain your word to us. Thank you for all the participants who are present here today. Lord, we give our hearts to you. See if there's any offensive way in us and lead us in the way everlasting, Lord. Lord, help us to seek you wholeheartedly. Fill us with your love. Help each one of us to love others with the same love you demonstrated on the cross. Help us to do what is right and to live humbly in your presence, Lord. Lord, we commit this fellowship into your mighty hands. Fill us with love and mercy. Strengthen each one of us to demonstrate your love. Lord, let each one of us be a useful vessel in building your kingdom. Lord, you take care of all the internet problems that's here, Lord. Lord, everything is into your perfect control. Lord, we make this prayer in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much, Janusha, for that uh, wonderful prayer. We started on Monday. Who is this Mark? The person, John Mark, and also about the context in which he was grown. We could uh, look at the significance of this uh, Mark gospel and we could see the broad outline. We started with... uh, Uh, Mark uh, chapter 1 verses 1 to 13, how the Lord uh, is prepared for the ministry. Verse 14 and 15 in first chapter, we could see the mission of our Lord Jesus, the kingdom of God to be established. We continued with that mission and to keep that, uh, keeping that as a mission, he had his mission. When we look at the mission of Jesus, we could see that uh, Both in action and also in words, he was uh, doing things for the glory of God so that people can enter into the Kingdom of God. Not only that, he had a real specific time for his uh, disciples. He was training them so that the Kingdom of God uh, will be established even after he will uh, leave from this world until he comes back. And we are continuing the same uh, purposes of God, which was given to the disciples of Lord Jesus Christ. The opposition, that's what we looked at on Tuesday. The opposition to the Lord comes from home and from the neighborhood and even from the religious leaders. Uh, That particular uh, evening, uh, one of the participants had a real opposition. Yesterday, she couldn't join and uh, this morning we came to know that it's because of uh, the opposition from her own mother. But her father could encourage, <coughs> saying that uh, happy that you can learn um, about God and about uh, Bible. That's uh, not only for one sister. Uh, even when I hear that in our Bible study, there are uh, friends from other faith with a great uh, difficulty they join in our Bible study and the way in which they love God and the way in which they love God's word uh, really encourages me to work hard in taking these Bible studies. I thank God for these lovely, lovely people. I praise God for them. Continue to pray. In our fellowship, there are some sisters and brothers are not allowed to uh, attend our Bible studies. Not only the friends from other faith, even among the Christians, we could have some opposition from home and from others. It's a big challenge for all of us. Jesus had such an opposition. Yesterday we looked at the Christian discipleship as a focus. We should not be devotees, rather we should be disciples. Then uh, the way in which Jesus prepared his disciples not only to face his death, even his absence, as he is going to leave from this world very soon. They need to be ready to take up this task of sharing the gospel to others, establishing God's kingdom in this world till he comes back. So he was preparing the disciples, and uh, even the disciples had their own challenges. Two of them wanted to have prominence. And uh, so, uh, some of the disciples had a uh, real misunderstanding and it's very, very bad. Like they were asking who is, uh, great, uh, who is great among them. All sorts of uh, challenges were there for Jesus. And as Janusha prayed rightly, Jesus was telling the great uh, uh, commandment, love God deeply and love one another. you love yourself. The great commandment Jesus has passed on to his disciples. I will leave from you but continue to love the Lord uh, dearly from the depth of your heart and love one another. That's what uh, the great uh, commandment was given. That's what we read not only in Mark even in other Gospels. Today, a little later we are going to look at uh, the Great Commission. Some of us are thinking very much about our ministry, we have a great commission to follow, but we simply forget the great commandment. I could say amen to Janusha's prayer, because that's very much needed, like uh, we need to love God, and we need to love God's word, and we need to love God's people, and definitely we should love others. We are reflecting Jesus in our lives. Along with his teachings, we looked at chapter 10 as uh, an important chapter in terms of significance of family. So important as a child of God, as a disciple of Lord Jesus, as a one who is so passionate about sharing the gospel with others, give importance to the family life. Don't miss it. Big challenge that people is very anxious to bring challenges at home in different levels. Not only simple fight between husband and wife, There are various ways in which uh, the Christian families are under threat. But remember, we need to give importance to our family life. And not only that, the last paragraph talks about the family in Christ. He gives many, many as our brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, when we have to face no to the family situation for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom, when we go out, God will take care of us. And um, uh, one of the participants uh, has written about uh, the message. She could clearly mention, this thought has come afresh for me. Praise God. And uh, with all sincerity, I wanted to tell you, uh, my brothers and sisters, not only coming from other faith, even as uh, we have come from Christian background, For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom, when you come out, you you will be experiencing many, many brothers and sisters in the Lord. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? The one who is doing the will of me. And uh, we are all part of that fellowship. Uh, I was very much excited to talk about the importance of family yesterday evening. Broad outline for three years of ministry in Galilee up to 8 verse 26 and on the way to Jerusalem as Jesus was going it's almost six months of time chapter 8 verse 27 till the end of chapter 10 that's what we have studied there are seven more chapters we need to go fast that has happened in eight days time we call it as a passion week what does it mean the trials and suffering and death of Jesus is highlighted and uh, when we uh, look at this passage I'm sure that most of us uh, have studied this passage during the Lenten days. Many of the churches have that Lenten days uh, meetings and uh, most of us have the Good Friday and Easter celebrations. And I'm excited with the USA, Andhra Pradesh. They have some special meetings during these days for students, call it as uh, goodness of Good Friday. I like it, goodness of Good Friday. As we have Christmas programs, special Christmas programs, USA, uh, like friends in Andhra Pradesh, they have this uh, lovely program called goodness of Good Friday. And some of you may not have your churches having Good Friday service, but definitely we have talked much about the Passion Week. Today, I wanted to concentrate a little differently than talking about the suffering of Christ. Mark is focusing on Jesus as a servant. Uh, First, we looked at uh, the uh, way in which uh, the gospel is highlighted as a servant, a servant of kingdom. Gospel is important. Then later, we looked at discipleship. When we look at uh, Jesus as a disciple maker. And Jesus is talking about Christian discipleship, the cost we have to pay. And as a servant, leadership is also an important thought. There are books by title as Servant Leadership, Jesus Model Leadership. Uh, one of the secular uh, uh, press in India, Jaipur, uh, uh, they have produced one Jesus Model of yeah. le- Leadership on secular servant leadership long back uh, when we were visiting Bangalore, I saw in the bookshall, immediately I wanted to buy that because I was so surprised to see uh, even secular press could talk about servant leadership. But we don't have much in our Christian circle because we don't want to talk much about it. Look at Axel Sanders. If you don't have this uh, book, Spiritual Leadership in our personal library, You have to have this book. J. Oswald Sanders, Spiritual Leadership. One quote I'll read for you. "Worldly conceptions of greatness and leadership cannot be carried carried over into his spiritual kingdom. In that kingdom, there is complete reversal of Earth's values. Not the number of one's servants, but the number of whom one serves is a heavenly uh, criterion of greatness and the real preparation for leadership i love this my dear brothers and sisters we are tempted even after becoming a spirit uh, after coming into the spiritual leadership. When we are in the ministry, we have to have more uh, people with us. And uh, that's a big challenge. I know that I'm talking to the young people and uh, um, even in your young age, you may look at uh, the wrong uh, leadership qualities And you may be tempted, even in your young age, I can talk about EU committees. Uh, If you are a president, if you are a secretary, somehow you feel that you are greater than other committee members. Gone. Gone. So my dear young uh, EU students, student leaders, hear me. In this young age, have the right attitude of spiritual leadership and keep servant leadership as a very important factor. We have studied, Mark is focusing on leadership, and he says uh, in chapter 10, verse 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, uh, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Uh, It is uh, that uh, Jesus has come and has given life as a ransom for many. That's what we look at now. The Passion Week talks about it. A ransom for many. So definitely, sermon leadership is a focus of Mark. When you look at uh, the sermon songs in Isaiah, there are four chapters. Uh, Isaiah 42, Isaiah 49, Isaiah 50, and later Isaiah 53. They all talk about some songs. It's known as servant songs and they're focusing on suffering servant. Suffering servant. In that way, during this study, it's nothing wrong to keep servant leadership as our focus. Let's uh, 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 read this passage. It's very unfortunate that we cannot read uh, uh, many passages. Uh, Out of seven chapters, I have selected two passages so that we can hear God's word. Uh, First two chapters talk about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Chapter 13, completely committed for prophecies about future events. 14 and 15, the passion of Christ. And 16 talks about the resurrected Christ. And I was wondering uh, what are the two passages we have to read first one I have selected chapter 16 verses 1 to 8 because it talks about the resurrection and very very important more than Christmas Easter is so important when you celebrate Christmas and it could be like a Gandhi Jayanti it could be krishna Jayanti uh, uh, Christ or uh, uh, Christ's birthday like uh, G- Mahatma Gandhi's birthday but when you celebrate Easter nobody can celebrate that very near to Salem, there's a hill station. The missionary found out that instead of uh, celebrating Christmas, why don't we celebrate that? So that other can ask, why are you celebrating? Then we can say that we have a resurrected Lord. I thank God for that missionary. The church was excited. Christmas, of course, they have service. But I see that other way around it's happening. In many, many places, Christmas is celebrated like Diwali. Christmas is full. But Easter, of course, they celebrate, but they go to church and come back. I'm not saying that you celebrate, but Easter is so important. So we are going to hear from Easter passage. Then I was tempted to take a passage from uh, crucifixion. But instead of that, I have selected a passage that is Mark chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. Uh, I have requested uh, their dibiga, the one who is attending regularly from Ongol. Andhra Pradesh, she'll be reading that passage for us. (coughs) Chapter 14, you hear God's word. After that, I requested dear Alan, a student from an engineering college student. He's just a graduate from Ramnet. He'll be reading the second paragraph. That is 16 verses 1 to 8. Tiviga.
2: Yes, uncle. Can you hear me?
0: Yes, uh, Thibika.
2: For today's Bible reading is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 32 to 42. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. You will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping, because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning, to the, th- returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting enough? The hour has come. Look. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayal. Amen.
3: Thank you, uh, Tibika. Alan. Yes, good. am I audible?
0: Yes, uh, Alan.
3: Okay, okay. The Gospel of Mark, chapter sixteen, verses one to eight. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to the anointed Jesus' body very early on the first day of the week. Just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw the stone which was very large had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Here ends the reading. Glory be to God.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Alan and Dibika uh, uh, for that lovely reading. I appreciate that. Um, my dear brothers and sisters, uh, today we are going to concentrate on a servant leader. Two things. We have to uh, learn from Jesus and we need to behave or we need to put it in practice. When you look at this passage as we are learning definitely I want all of us to make a commitment this evening to be a servant leader. Three things has come to me afresh fresh in this uh, preparation. Number one the servant leader is with us. He is uh, he was with the disciples as we look at these passages we see that very closely he was with them. That lady could come and anoint him. He could be with the disciples on that evening, in the uh, Last Supper, where he can uh, clean the hand, legs of the uh, disciples, feet of the disciples, very, very uh, close. He was with them in teaching. There are many, many things we can see. So if you want to be a leader, you have to be with them, with the people. If you are not willing to be with people, you are not supposed to be a leader. Anyway, this day we have a feeling that leader is a title. If I am such and such person, something like a chairman or secretary or something like that, then I am a leader. Others, they are all uh, committee members, or others, they are all part of my team. Not at all. Not at all. Normally, I'll tell my EU friends, you have to read a very secular book. Uh, Robin Sharma's book, A Leader Without a Title. A Leader Without a Title. I really enjoyed looking at that secular book. He's right in saying, Robin Sharma says, uh, We think of leadership as a title. When people are asking me to lead, then I can be a leader. And if I have my uh, titles with me, then I can be a leader. Not at all. My dear brothers and sisters who are with me in this Bible study and those who are going to hear me in the uh, YouTube, I consider you as a leader as long as you influence others, as long as you lead a life so that others can follow you, you are a leader, but be a servant leader. Second one, the servant leader Jesus has died for us, for us, the one who has given sacrifice is ready to take our place. that is leadership. Leadership, when we talk about serving, it is not that conveniently like, I can help others, not at all. We need to get ready to be take a step of sacrifice. The servant leader for us. And third one, precious. In seven, verse seven in chapter 16, the angel told these ladies go and tell the disciples and Peter and to all of us that uh, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. I love that phrase. He is going ahead of you. It's not that you have to go and wait in Galilee. He may come a little late or he may try to come. Not at all. Not at all. He is already there. You only have to go to Galilee. My dear brothers and sisters, That is a leadership quality, going before, think of that. This uh, study will really help us to look at the servant leader, Jesus, as a supreme model for all of us. Let's go forward. First two chapters, that is 11 and 12, we can note down many incidents have happened. So I put it in seven categories. Just for our uh, quick observation. I know that uh, we don't have much time. I need to be in a hurry. But uh, come with me. First paragraph talks about the triumphal entry. We know the story. And he was not, uh, he was coming as a king, as it was prophesied. But he was coming on a donkey, ash. That shows that peace. He is uh, peace the king of peace in fact Jerusalem means uh, it talks about peace it's supposed to be a city of peace and uh, people don't have peace and Jesus enters here on an as and as a leader his humility is clearly mentioned right there are two passages talk about victory 12 to 14, when Jesus was going towards Jerusalem from Bethany, there he saw this tree and he expected fruits, but it was not there. And Mark says that was not the season for fruits, but he expected. And when they're coming back after cleaning the temple, verses 20 to 25, the disciples were mentioned talking about this fig tree. We need to take time. It's a little bit difficult passage. For quick interpretation because our God is a God who loves destruction that's not his interest why he uh, cursed the tree instead of that he should have blessed this tree so that when they come back they could see the tree is full of fruits that would be a different story Jesus is not like that type of a miracle worker just like that he can just throw some um, hand and the tree will have full of uh, Fruits, not at all, not at all, but he cursed. But when we understand the next passage, cleaning of the temple, you can understand the meaning of it. The fig tree is compared to the people of God. And Jesus is so upset, you behave like you are a good Christian, but you don't have fruits. And to them, he says, you you behave like a, you are very much excited with temple, but you made it as a, a robber's den. I'm upset with you. And he's cursing people who are hypocrites, but they behave like a great uh, uh, religious people. That's the way we need to understand. And after that, Jesus said, you need to have faith uh, and prayer, forgiveness, all messages he's giving. But the uh, Uh, Interpretation could be very clearly, as God's people, we need to be careful. We cannot uh, show as if we have fruits, but we don't have any fruits. Right now, check our hearts. We need to check our hearts. How much we show ourselves that we are very, very fruitful people, but we don't have any fruits. Many people come near to us and they are discouraged. And why did Mark has to say that word is not a season? and many have uh, different commentaries to make. They say that uh, sometimes in the, uh, even when there is no season time, there is a different type of uh, fig uh, fruit will be there. And one one commentator say that when there's a leaf, the possibilities of having uh, fruits, these are the tricky uh, ways in which that fig, fig tree was uh, behaving. It has showing itself with something like a fruit, but uh, doesn't have fruit. My dear brothers and sisters, uh, cleansing of the temple is also the same thing. As the Gentile people are supposed to be blessed by coming into the temple, these people made this place as a business people, business center. You know, uh, when we are going to sacrifice in Jerusalem temple, they need goats. They need pigeon. And they need money to exchange. They cannot take it from home. They take their own currency and have to go and change. That's the reason that there were business people were there. And uh, it was growing, business is growing near the temple. Even uh, today we can see that some of the temples around, we can see that uh, people uh, sell many things where the devotees have to go inside the temple with that items. So they cannot take it from home. Most of them will bring it from home. Some of them, they can go and buy it there. Wherever you go to the temples, you can see that. But here, the point Jesus is making, you keep the place which is supposed to be for the nations. Otherwise, the, uh, the people of non-Jews are supposed to come and worship me. You made that place as a business center. So, like fig tree. Like the temple, we can also behave like that. We have our routine religious things, but where we are supposed to be a blessing to the non-Christians, we are supposed to be a blessing to the unbelievers, we are not making it fruitful. Keep that in mind. Let's continue. As we look at other passages, there are many questions people are asking, The leaders, religious leaders are asking. One good question they are asking is, in which authority you are doing it? Even as you're considering leadership, as you wanted to lead a holy life, as you wanted to be a in person of influence, definitely others will come and ask the same question. What authority you have? You have a spiritual arrogance and people can talk anything and everything about your commitment and about your leadership qualities and they will misunderstand you. So my brothers and sisters, in your young age, as you're growing as a leader, expect such questions. People will question you. But understand your own motive. Better take these questions and uh, answer it properly from the depth of your heart. And there is one more question about uh, uh, after death what will happen. Jesus said you don't understand God's mercies. You don't understand God's word. That's the reason you are talking about marriage in heaven. And later uh, another person comes and asks uh, what is the greatest uh, commandment? And they are asking about uh, whether to pay uh, the tax. All sorts of questions are coming just before their death on the cross. Jesus handled them very carefully. He himself was asking questions to them and he is giving a parable and he can uh, tell them very plainly and he is leading them to God's word. And even he is mentioning about the Old Testament very clearly. Love God and love others. This is our message. But the seventh point is very precious point for me. See, after having all sorts of difficult time with these leaders, good people and the religious people are asking many, many questions. If you are there, you are tired. Physically, you are tired because they are confronted. And psychologically, you are really down because they are asking uh, tough questions and you are, um, as a leader, you are struggling. During that time, you want to go and sleep or you, wanted, you don't want to see anything. But look at Jesus, what he did. He looked at a widow. He looked at the small offering. She put it. I admire that leader, the servant leader. A servant leader we look at people who are suffering. A servant leader will look at the poor people. A servant leader will look at widows and orphans. That is practical Christianity. That's what James is saying. Not only for disciples, when you are in a leadership leadership position, when you are talking about influencing others, please take time to look at people who are suffering. I admire this passage. Just five verses. Jesus looked at a widow, Giving an offering. And one commentator uses the word gift. Very, very true. I like it. That's the reason I wanted to give that one. A widow's gift. It is not a small amount. Even today, how many organizations, how many churches think of great people and great money? And they, are, they don't have time to look at the widows. They don't have time to be refreshed by looking at the poor people. My dear young friend, even in your own EU, there are some widows like this. Those are very poor. And uh, they cannot afford to give anything. But you as a committee member, you as a EU leader, you look at only the smart people. Be careful. In your young age, take Jesus role model. Don't be carried away by leaders' questions and don't be carried away with uh, uh, all sorts of nice answers you are giving. But look at the very, very uh, ordinary people. And look at small gifts. Okay, let's, we have to go forward. 13th chapter, it's full of uh, prophecies regarding future. In Mount Olive, they were sitting and the disciples were asking. What's going to happen to Jerusalem? What's going to happen to the temple? And there are two messages Jesus is passing. One is about the destruction of Jerusalem. And another one is about the end times. And as he has given the prophecy in AD 70, completely Jerusalem was gone. The Jewish community was gone. And the temple was destruct, uh, destroyed. As Jesus prophesied exactly happened in 70. Romans have to come and they have destroyed their temple. And as, as we read in this passage, the stones were completely thrown out and they couldn't see. A, 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 one building was there in that place. That's the way it was destroyed. Jesus was right in prophesying about the temple and about Jerusalem. And also, Jesus is talking about the end times. What we have looked at in Sephania, And in other Old Testament prophets about uh, the day day of the Lord. It's going to be a day uh, where judgment is going to come. We are all waiting for that second coming. And Jesus is talking about be watchful and hard times will be coming. That's what he's talking about. Opposition and persecution will be part of it. And even in John chapter 16 verse 33, he says, Uh, you will be persecuted, but be joyful. I am going to be with you. John chapter 16, verse 33. Hard times are going to be there. My dear brothers and sisters, uh, in these days of corona, some of the preachers talk about the second coming is going to be very near because all over the world, people are suffering. Uh, Hear me properly. I am not against the preaching, but I want to preach every day Even without Corona, we need to preach about the second coming of the Lord. And also, I look back and see when the world war was going in 1940. Naturally, preachers would have preached world war has come, and Jesus going coming is going to be near. And we all know that, like Corona, 101 years back, uh, there was a big. Uh, effect of the disease in the world definitely the evangelicals and Christians would have talked about Jesus coming my brothers and sisters hear me properly I am not questioning their preaching I am not saying that last 100 years Jesus uh, was delaying last 60 years Jesus is delaying I know I am not saying like that my point here is anytime you need to be ready for his coming Anytime he can come. Not because of Corona, he's going to come. He will come. He prophesied, he's going to come. And uh, God only knows the time. But we all have to lead a life which is pleasing to him. And we should be ready for his coming at any time. Be watchful is a very nice word. There are 10 virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom. Five of them are, all the 10 of them are waiting, but five of them are really ready. And are we like that, we have to check ourselves. The next uh, passage that is uh, I ca- I c- titled as a Passion of Christ, because I want to tell you about uh, the film, Passion of Christ, a very powerful film. If you haven't seen it, I humbly request you to consider seeing that film. It's a secular film, but it's a very powerful film, The Passion of Christ. In fact, uh, I have to tell you a story. In Middle East, our Muslim friends watched this Passion of Christ uh, with uh, eagerness. Not because of Christ's suffering. It's because Jewish people are very cruel. They don't like uh, uh, Jewish people. So they were excited to see the Passion of Christ film. Basically because they hate Jews. But I'm not saying that uh, uh, Passion of Christ in that way. But it's really good. And uh, there are only two incidents I could see that it's, there's a difference. A snake is coming as Jesus was praying in Gethsemane and he could kill it. As we read in uh, Genesis as a prophecy, this uh, film, the director has added one. And one more thing he added, other than the gospel writer mentions, is a lady who comes and uh, uh, cleans uh, with a white sh- uh, sheet with the blood that Jesus had uh, blood in the face. Uh, Mary could come and cleaning. Uh, That's extra. Other than that, I could see that it's completely from the Gospels. Very clearly mentions Passion of Christ. Why do I say that? After studying the book of Mark, we need to follow what are the teachings we have learned from Mark. But one of my greatest desire for this big study is you need to do, uh, you have to plan in such a way how you're going to take this mass gospel to other friends. For your evangelistic purpose, for your discipleship purpose, for your di- for leadership purpose, Mark gospel is a classical one. And one of the possibilities, consider seriously passion of Christ, even in some languages, this film is there translated. As a part of an evangelistic effort, you can show passion of Christ to others. Let's go forward. The anointing of Jesus, very powerful one. They also have a question. When we look at other uh, gospel writers, it could be possible there are uh, two incidents could have happened. Now, anointing is a very special thing. But those days, anointing is a common one. When somebody loves the, a great leader, they might have anointed two times. Lord's Supper, very powerful uh, uh, incident happened just before his death a new covenant he has made. This is my blood and this is my body. I break it, Lord's Supper. Please, we have to take note of it. And we need to do it with, with all sincerity when you go to the Lord's Supper, Lord's table. Uh, other passage is First uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. There we see that uh, Paul could say very clearly, this is the revelation I have received about uh, Lord's table and do it with all sincerity. But here, Mark is writing, the first uh, incident happened with the disciples, and he washed the feet of his disciples. That's what John is talking about. Just now we heard the agony in garden. There are many things, but I wanted to highlight two or three things. Number one, if you want to be a leader, you need to have your small circle. Uh, circle of three people He, the leader went into the garden with these three people but those three people were so tired and they couldn't be with a leader so if you want to be a leader sometimes you have to be all alone hear me if you want to be a leader you have to be all alone that's what we exactly read in this passage look at these three friends they were on the mountaintop and Jesus was the uh, chance we had And Peter could excitedly say that we will stay here. Where is this Peter now? He is sleeping. He could have waited for some uh, miraculous thing should happen to Jesus. No. He was so tired and he was sleeping. My dear brothers and sisters, in leadership, you will have such leaders with you. And leadership is all alone sometimes. Be ready for that. If you want to be a servant leader, You can expect more. Some of the leaders will not be happy with you if you want to be a servant leader. Second thing I want to tell you, Jesus said, Lord, if you can take this cup from me, I'll be happy. But even now, I want to say, that's not my will. Let your will be done. If you want to be a leader, leave your will under the control of God. It's not that God has to change your will. Rather, you have to do the will of God. Many of our Christian friends, many of the disciples commit their life in such a way, Lord, this is my will, and you change it according to my will. No, Jesus did not pray like that. Jesus said, let your will be done, not my will. A very, very beautiful prayer in the garden. Let's go forward. The arrest and trials uh, are mentioned. It's a long passage. You can read that passage what all the pains he had undergone after the gar- prayer in garden. They were all sleeping but he came and uh, the trial started and the next day morning by 9 o'clock he was crucified. Look at the physical tiredness of Jesus and the crucifixion. That also is mentioned in a very short passage here because Mark is talking about only one word Jesus mentioned on the cross. There are seven words We normally meditate on Good Friday service. One, but the crucial one. The fourth word, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He started the first verse uh, with father. He closed the seventh verse as a father, but in between something has happened. He has taken the whole burden of the sin of the whole mankind. On him so he couldn't see the father then he has to cry out father it is not a pathetic cry it was a fulfillment of the Old Testament and not only that it was the horrible heavy burden of the sin of the whole humankind my sin and your sin was carried on the cross that's the reason on that day Jesus cried out my 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 God my God why have you forsaken me And Mark is mentioning only that verse and that is a very, very crucial one. A leader has to carry the burden of others. It's painful. Easy to preach. Easy to take a Bible study. But taking the pain of others on me is a real crucifixion. Burial is another important factor because we cannot simply uh, skip burial. Paul in his writing about Gospels, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he talks about it. The Gospel is Jesus, according to the scriptures, died for us. He was buried. Very important. Then he was risen. So burial is very important. When we um, look at the Old Testament passage, we know that Isaiah 53 is a very powerful passage. If you wanted to read more, my brothers and sisters, read the whole pa- whole chapter, Isaiah 53. In case, if you haven't read once, please take time to read Isaiah 53. Verse 5 and 6, I read for you. But he has pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have, has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the reason Jesus cried out, My God, my God. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is the crucial uh, message Jesus taken. The sins of the whole world on him. Very joyful message. Uh, If you have the habit of going to the Easter service, uh, you need to be excited about the songs. And uh, uh, definitely for me, uh, more than Christmas, I'm excited with Easter. My wife and myself will be excited to go to Easter service uh, more joyfully because we have a message that we have a risen Lord. And I will only wish that we will celebrate more, uh, the importance of Easter, not only celebrating on one particular Sunday. Every Sunday is an Easter Sunday for me. And every Sunday when I'm asked to preach in a church, I will normally start with a prayer saying that, Lord, in a day like this, you are risen. So my India needs to know that I am worshiping a savior who is risen. How much Indians, if only they know that there is a living savior, that India will be a different nation. Take this message. And uh, one to eight, two or three thoughts quickly I want to share. One is Jesus has taken women to take up this message to the poor disciples. John is supposed to be there in the morning along with the ladies. He should have gone because he is known as a loving disciple. Peter, the one who is going every time fast, James, none of them were there on that early morning. The sisters were wondering how who is going to roll the stone for me, my brothers. I tell you, sometime you became like a Peter, you become you behave like John, sleeping, or you're afraid, you are least bothered about it. But these sisters went there. The sisters who are joining with me in this Bible study, I praise God for you, you need to go and see the resurrected Lord and tell Peter, people like Peter and other disciples and to the whole world that we have a living savior. I pray for you sisters, take this message seriously. Second one, as I said earlier, uh, uh, he says, the angel says, he is going before you. Very beautiful thought. Very recently when I uh, hear this message, a pastor from Australia was talking to us. That he said, when you go for ministry, even before you reach that place, Jesus is there. And when you are transferred from one place to other place, Jesus is there. And like that, you can take for anything. Now you have finished your graduation and you are going to get a job. You are going to a new college. Jesus is there. He will go before you. Praise God. Praise God. And most of your Bible uh, closes with verse 8 because the oldest manuscripts say that Mark has abruptly closed his gospel. Like Acts, it could have been possible abruptly was closed. But uh, as we studied in the textual criticism, somebody has edited and added with a good intention. And verses 9 to 14, we could see that the proofs of resurrection is highlighted. From other gospel writers three incidents are taken from other gospel writers and it is added and lastly the Apostles Commission was given you go and uh, proclaim this kingdom message the gospel chapter 1 verse 15 we saw that we need to preach and here uh, Jesus was preaching here we see that we are supposed to go and preach quickly Five lessons I have learned about servant leadership. There is no success without sacrifice. Jesus, with his sacrifice only, he can make such a big blessing for me and for you. When you talk about sacrifice, unless it costs you something, it's useless. There are many people give more money, they give more time and things like that, but that is not costing them at all. Then you cannot be a good leader. Third one, very important, have to bear the pains of others. We may not be taking the sins of others, but we need to take the pains of others. Think about it. John Stott says that true self-denial is not the road to self-destruction, but the road to self-recovery. My brothers and sisters, God has created you. God has kept you in this place for a purpose. So now, if you have a self-denial to become a leader or a disciple of Lord Jesus Christ, you, have, you don't need to destroy yourself, which is a recovery. As we see, Mark 9.35 says, if you want to really lead, you have to serve. Let me close. I'm sorry I have taken a little extra time. Three questions as usual. Um, Jesus had a passion to serve others. What about my passion? Jesus, the resurrected Lord, is with us. And do I experience the power of the resurrection? As Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, uh, verse 10, we need to experience the power of the resurrection. Third one, uh, it's not only the lessons we are learning from Mark. My question is, how you are going to use it effectively in your ministry as a student, as a graduate, as a staff worker, in your church and in the ministry? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this lovely book. Even in this evening, as you meditated on the very important aspect, Jesus as our great, great role model for servant leadership. Help me and help us to take this message seriously and to live for your glory. Thank you for hearing us. Continue to guide us and lead us till we meet again on next Monday for our next Bible study. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.